Amen, amen. It is such an honor and a privilege and truly a blessing to me to be able to introduce, introduce to you our guest preacher today, Reverend Dr. Edgard Francisco Danielson Morales. <laughs> I asked him about his names, actually Mark asked him about his names and I got the history, it is a cultural thing and it's a beautiful story. He is the associate pastor of Metropolitan Community Church of New York where I hear he is doing a lot every day to hold that congregation in, in the care and ministry and life and education. He is born and raised in Puerto Rico and his spiritual journey began in the Baptist and charismatic traditions, but because of his sexual orientation, his church stripped him of his lay ministry and any future possibility of the ordination process. But God uses all things in our pathway, and he moved off into a vocational journey which blessed him with many uh, experiences of leadership. In the academic world, he, he tenured positions as full professor of physical chemistry at the University of Puerto Rico for 16 years, and he had six years as associate dean for the graduate studies, all that I'm sure he uses teaching and preaching and speaking. In 1996, he did find his spiritual home in MCC, where he reclaimed his call to pastoral ministry. In the religious settings, he's, he has, um, has eight years of pastoring two different churches, four years of work in the national ecumenical movement in Puerto Rico, and the first theological ref reflection group there for LGBTQ people. And his experience has been a blessing for MCC because he continues to use all that he has and all that he offers to train our laity and clergy throughout our denomination. It is an honor and a privilege to introduce to you Reverend Dr. Edgard. Good morning, Resurrection MCC. Thank you so much for inviting me to worship with you and to celebrate the Feast of Pentecost. I bring greetings from your sister congregation, MCC New York, and our pastor, the Reverend Pat Baumgartner, which you know very well. <laughs> Would you pray with me? Most powerful and inclusive Holy Spirit, come down upon us today and let your energy fall on us to turn the world upside down again. Amen. Brothers and sisters, as I look around, I wonder if there is a place for us. I wonder if there is a time for us. Malawi couple, male couple, sentenced to 14 years of hard labor for publicly celebrating their love for each other. Child of lesbians is denied admission in a Catholic school in Massachusetts because his parents' relationship is in discord with the church's teachings. Moscow mayor bans pride parade and describes such events as satanic happenings, beware. Transgender people still receive no protection in their workplaces. Arizona signs a racist immigration law, and to compound the damage, the governor also signs a bill that changes the definition of dependent. Now, in that state, domestic partners, children of domestic partners, and disabled adult partners cannot receive the benefits they used to receive under previous administrations. These 
And many other stories touch and move us because we see those living in the margins oppressed by the powers that be, oppressed because of their sexual orientation, their gender identity, because of their ethnicity, because of their socioeconomic position. When I think of the Feast of Pentecost and look at what's going on around me, I wonder what has happened to God's dream and God's visions and God's prophecies proclaimed on that first Pentecost. For indeed, God has a dream. And in God's dream somewhere, there is a place for us. Somewhere, we'll find a new way of living. We'll find a way of forgiving. Somewhere, someday. Okay, I confess. I went to see West Side Story. <laughs> And that love song between Tony and Maria got stuck into my head. <laughs> There's a place for us, somewhere a place for us. Also stuck into my head is the weird experience of listening to Maria, who in the musical is Puerto Rican, I am Puerto Rican, speaking with an Argentinian accent. <laughs> Now, these talk about accents and languages reminds me of something I experienced some time ago. Colleen is uh, the wonderful choir, praise and worship choir director at MCC New York. And one day she told me that she could teach me how to pronounce the CH sound in a different way from the SH sound. The reality is that in Spanish, there is no S-H sound, so I cannot distinguish them or pronounce them. As Sophia from the Golden Girls would say, picture it. <laughs> June 2009, an African-American lesbian woman teaches a Latino queer man how to use his tongue. and how to blow air in such a way that the sound comes out differently. I don't think I'll be able to use the tongue the way Colleen taught me. In any case, I think that moment between Colleen and I, different genders, different races, different sexualities, different ways to pronounce things, different languages, that moment was priceless. My friends in Christ, the headlines I have mentioned before, and these thoughts or jokes about language and culture are deeply connected to my reflection on Pentecost. Pentecost calls us to reflect on the ways we divide ourselves between the us and them. Pentecost is about how we value or not the rainbow of cultures and languages and sexual orientations and gender identities of the human face? Do we embrace the other? Do we exclude the other, the different? The story of Pentecost is an affirmation that indeed there is a place for us. And now is the time for us. 
Peter preached to the multitudes from different countries and languages and cultures and affirmed, you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off. No exclusions, no exceptions like MCC's Holy Communion table. No exclusions, no exceptions. This is the story of the outpouring of the most inclusive language. Most, most inclusive language? What is that? Most inclusive spirit. However, we know the story did not begin on Pentecost. The scriptures say Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. And news about him spread through the whole countryside. For the one who writes both the Gospel of Luke and the book of Acts, the Holy Spirit, the power of God, has been present and in action way before Pentecost. The Spirit has been present and acting in each and every moment of Jesus' journey. And the same Spirit is with all those who surround Jesus and those who preceded Him and those who follow Him. The Holy Spirit is the most inclusive Spirit. From John the Baptist, filled with the Holy Spirit from his birth, to Mary, overshadowed by the Spirit and conceiving. From Zechariah, filled with the Holy Spirit and singing. Praised be to God of Israel. Because God has redeemed God's people. To Elizabeth, hearing Mary's greeting and feeling the baby leaping in her womb and filled with the Holy Spirit ex exclaiming, Blessed are you among women and blessed is the child you will bear. From Simeon and all men praying in the temple, of whom the scriptures declare the Holy Spirit was upon him when he saw little baby Jesus, to the now grown-up Jesus. Thirty years later, in the lesson we read this morning, who goes back home filled with the power of the Spirit, from Jesus of Nazareth, Nazareth to the women and the men in that upper room sharing with the multitudes from so many countries and cultures this truth. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off. The promise of the Spirit is for all. The witness of the Scriptures is that the Holy Spirit is promiscuously inclusive. The Spirit has multiple relationships and bestows upon many the power of God. What is this power the Spirit freely offers to all? I think it is, first of all, the power to believe that we are who we are by the grace of God. How many of you grew up with a sense that nobody believed in you? Nobody believed in your potential as human beings. How many of you have been stripped of, of dignity as children of God by those who say that your gender identities and sexual orientations, your love, and your families are an abomination to God. Do I have a witness in this room? <laughs> the power, the power of the Holy Spirit that the Holy Spirit bestows upon us is the power to believe that we are who we are 
by the grace of God. God believes in our potential as human beings, even if society does not see that potential. The Spirit of God descends upon us, not because we believe in God. No, no, no. It's the other way around. The Spirit of God is upon us because God believes in us. I invite you to keep this truth close to your hearts. God believes in us. The Spirit of God is queer, which means to me that the Spirit goes, goes against the grain, against what is expected. When the world says no to you because the world doesn't believe in your potential, the Spirit says yes to you. We walk through life waiting for people to believe in us. We want to be recognized as human beings. We walk through life waiting for that moment when people will finally acknowledge how smart we are, how handsome we are, how talented we are, how kind and compassionate we are, how sexy we are, or plainly, how humble we are. In a sense, we are the Susan Boyles of the world. Do you remember Susan? She is a woman from Blackburn, a tiny village in Scotland who participated in this British contest some time ago. When Susan appeared on stage, some people quietly laughed at her. Others even made cynical comments. Why? Among other things, because her physical appearance doesn't fit society's image of a popular singer. She doesn't have the slim figure we are used to see in the media. Furthermore, she comes from a tiny village, she's unemployed, and has some learning challenges. And she's a single woman approaching her 50s. A few traits that in the eyes of society make her not quite fit for a public career in singing. Then she opened her mouth and sang, I dreamed a dream from Le Miserable. I dreamed a dream in time gone by when hope was high and life worth living. I dreamed that love would never die. And people stood up and in in an emotional outburst, many began to cry because of the beauty of her performance. In just a few seconds, cynicism and mockery were transformed into tears and expressions of amazement. The images of Susan traveled the world so fast that she reached stardom in just a few hours. And in the album she recorded later, she sang, and so here am I open arms and ready to stand. It feels like my turn to fly. I can finally say I am free. I am who I was born to be. I think, brothers and sisters, this is the first gift of Pentecost, the gift to proclaim that we are who we are, the beloved children of God, and we are free to be who we, are, we were born to be. No one can take that gift away from us. No one. And more. I affirm today 
that the second gift of the Spirit is the power of believing that the present moment, this moment, is pregnant with God's possibilities. The power of the Spirit transforms the Scriptures and the Word of God into life in the present moment. Jesus, filled with the power of the Spirit, returns to, to his hometown and goes to the place of worship. Jesus stands up, unrolls the old scroll with the old words and the old promises, and he reads, The Spirit of God is upon me, for God has anointed me to bring the good news to the poor. And now the crowd is looking at him. They expect him to teach from the passage and offer insight on the meaning of its words. They are expecting a great sermon, like you expect here every Sunday, I guess. For they have already heard rumors spread all over the region. You know, this guy is the real deal. He's a good teacher. I'm talking here about Jesus. Expectations. <laughs> expectations are high. And then Jesus sits down and preaches the shortest sermon in history. And I'm sure you think preachers should follow Jesus' example more closely. <laughs> I am not one of them. Jesus preaches, today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. That's it. Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Today, not tomorrow, not in the near future, not in the world to come, but today. As religious author Sarah Miles expresses, this religion is not nostalgia for the past. In the old days, we did this or that. When Reverend Wayne was here, fill in the blanks. Nor it is, Sarah Miles continues, a fantasy of the future. Next year, I'll do this, or someday God will do this or that. When we get a new senior pastor, then we will fill in the blanks. No, it's not that. This is a different way of experiencing religion. The words of healing, the words of freedom, the words of comfort, the words of life become a reality today. And I know you are in transition right now. And I know sometimes transitions can be challenging. But today I affirm this truth in the name of God. The words of healing, the words of freedom, the words of comfort, the words of life become a reality today through you. Of course, as everyone else, I ask myself, is this wishful thinking? Release of the captives. Today, recovery of sight for those who cannot see. Today, freedom for the oppressed. Today, what about the couple imprisoned and sentenced to hard labor in Malawi? What about the immigration laws in Arizona? What about that child and his parents in Massachusetts? What about the transgender people fired unjustly from their jobs? What about the challenges you face as a community of faith? Jesus says, today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing, which I think means that the promises of God are embodied in us today. 
The power we receive is the power to see the present moment as a moment pregnant with God's possibilities embodied in us, instruments of God. When you get home, take a pregnancy test. You will find that you are pregnant of God. God grows in us by the power of the Spirit. And we become God's feet and God's hands and God's face and God's heart in this world. By the power of the most inclusive Holy Spirit, we become the promise of God, the promise of freedom for the oppressed, the promise of sight, the good news to the poor. As Christians, the fundamental question we ask ourselves when we see suffering and injustices around is not, where is God? I believe the fundamental question we should ask ourselves is, what are we doing with these promises embodied in us? The Word of God is not alive when it is detached from this body of ours. The Word of God is not magic, I'm sorry to tell you. Abracadabra and everything will be fine. No, the Word of God is not magic, it is flesh. If the Word is detached from who we are, if it is detached from the human experience, then it becomes a list of restrictions and rules to follow. Do this or don't do that, and then you will be saved or redeemed, you will go to heaven, or you will escape hell. Many of us grew, believe, grew up believing that words, words like these were more important than human life. Again, do I have a witness in this room? And don't get me wrong. I am in love with words. I love poetry and well-written theology. I am seduced by words. I am also seduced by men in leather, but I digress. <laughs> I love words. I love words. But human life is more important than words. If we don't believe this, then we may fall into the trap of transforming the words of the Bible into a list of rules that become idols. Kathleen Norris is right when she says that idolatry makes love impossible. Idolatry, making words more important than God or the human life, makes love impossible. And without love, we are doomed. Jesus unrolls the scroll and reads. Then he says, today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. The hearing happens in the body. We hear, and we have many ways of hearing. Some of us hear through the ears, others hear through the eyes or through the touch. We hear in the body. What do you hear in your body? What do you hear? Latin American writer Don Miguel Ruiz says, our mind is like a dream where a thousand of people talk at the same time and nobody understands each other. I know that for sure, it's true. In the midst of all this noise, what do you hear in your body? Sometimes we get desperate to connect that we heed the voices that tell us we have to do this 
and that in order to be belong. We have learned to live our life trying to satisfy other people's demands, says Don Miguel Ruiz, and I'm sure I have a witness in this room. Aren't we always trying to fit into the mainstream? Don't walk like that. Don't wave your hands like that. Lower your tone of voice. Talk like a man. Honey, wouldn't you like to play with your dolls instead of your brother's toy trucks? Or, honey, wouldn't you like to play with your toy trucks instead of your sister's dolls? For some of us, this is not only a disfiguration of our soul, it becomes also a disfiguration of our bodies. Like a friend of mine whose father tried to burn his hands to teach him a lesson. Real men don't have mannerisms. We have been taught from very early how to suppress non-conforming gender identities. Some time ago, I went out with this guy, and now I'm smiling, you will see why. Uh, some time ago, I went out with this guy, and I, at one point during our conversation, that was the first date, during our conversation, I asked him, what do you like about me? Don't ask that question on the first date. <laughs> Don't do that. Not on the first date. What do you like about me? Immediately he said, you are so masculine. On what planet? <laughs> on what planet? That was a gut response. And then, then I tried to, to, to analyze why I was responded that way. It's because it took me years to celebrate who I am, to celebrate the beauty of my gender expression, sometimes more masculine, sometimes more feminine, and the beauty of my sexual orientation. It was a difficult learning process, but I got it. And I'm still learning that my body and my gender expressions and my sexual orientation are the scrolls with the words written by the Spirit, words that proclaim, today is the day of God's favor. And these, I propose, has profound implications for us. We have been told that our bodies embody evil. We affirm today that our bodies are not embodiments of evil, but vessels of the Spirit of God. Our bodies are the scrolls, the books with the words of the Spirit that proclaim the diversity of God's creation. The most inclusive Holy Spirit of God is upon us. The promiscuously inclusive Spirit is flirting with us. The Spirit wants to go out on a date with us. The Spirit wants to enter into a relationship with us. And you know what? Make us pregnant with the promise of God, the promise of freedom for the oppressed, the promise of sight, the good news to the poor. Jesus sits down and says, today the scripture has been fulfilled in your body. And Peter exclaimed on Pentecost, this promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, it has been accomplished. It is a gift of grace offered to one and all. If you believe this, 
you will see God's dream unfolding within you and through you, the dream of a place for all and a time for all, the dream of an inclusive world we call the reign of God. And to this word, I say amen, amen, and amen. God